You know, I thought that was the recording. I thought that was that first news article. We do all that again? Yeah. Oh, man. Welcome to AT Banter, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything regarding the world of assistive technology. With our hosts, Steve Barkley, Rob Minot, and Ryan Fleury. Now, let's banter. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Oh, you're slow today. <laughs> What's going on? Did you get enough sleep? Oh, never. <laughs> what a sleep. Yeah, I hear you. This podcast is becoming a full-time gig. Yeah? Yeah? yeah. Did you have a busy busy few days? What's going uh, on? You know, just looking at the Facebook, the different, 10 different groups I'm on, and the Twitter feeds, and trying to find news articles. And yeah, I know. Responding to email. and <sighs> Try making 62 graphics. Uh, anyways... I am Rob Minow, and joining me today is Ryan Flurry. Howdy. And uh, that's it. That's it. No Stevie nope. Barkley today. Wait, Steve who? The name that shall not be spoken. Oh, stop it. <laughs> You're just jealous because he's on vacation. I ain't jealous. I've been on vacation since March. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. Are you excited about uh, the Defenders uh, at the end of the week? The Defenders? Yeah. What? Oh, what? do you not know this? No. The Defenders, that's where Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist all team up. Is it? It's a new series. on Netflix? Yeah, it's a, it, it debuts, I believe, I think it's the 18th, so I guess Friday. On Netflix? On Netflix. Hadn't heard a word. Yep. The only thing I heard about Netflix is our prices are going up. Yeah, another dollar, <laughs> but still, it's still under 10 bucks. I mean, yeah. I mean that, that, that doesn't even phase me. They could, honestly, they could charge 20 bucks and I would, that, that'd be fine with me. Yeah, I just don't, don't tell watch. them I said that. Yeah, you know, I know there's lots to watch. I just don't watch it. Um, so yeah, no, I didn't hear about Defenders. Yeah, yeah, I'm, mm. I'm excited. It looks really good. Yeah, it's getting good reviews. So there you go. That'll be your weekend next week. This weekend. That'll be my binge. Yeah, me too. You and me both. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> that kind of ties in neatly to our guest today. Yeah, that's right. We'll tell the lovely people who our guest is. Our guest today, his name is Guy Hassan, and I believe he was the founder of Comics and Power. And what is Comics and Power? Comics and Power are audio comic books. That's right. So they are just a person narrating the comic strip. They also describe the panels that each comic strip is contained in. They talk about the different characters. Um, I listened to a couple samples this morning, and they're really well done. Yeah, I, I'm interested to hear about how, what the process of of making the uh, the audio comics is, and how involved it is. And I got all kinds of questions for him because you know me, I'm the comic geek. So. That's just it. That's a great show for you. Yes, I'll sit back and just listen. Yep. Uh, hey, in the meantime, uh, did you see this news story that that I sent you? I mean, did you read it? I didn't read the whole article. I just clicked the link and listened to the one interview the guy was doing saying he was being sued by a guy because his website wasn't accessible. Yeah. Well, this, I don't know, this this article, I don't know, it's stuck in my craw a bit. <laughs> I, I, it, it kind of bugs me. Um, it's, out of a, it's, it's out of a paper in Arizona. And uh, the the headline is frivolous, and frivolous is in air quotes. <laughs> Lawsuits target business websites. 
And the gist of the article is that in Arizona, there is a, a wave of lawsuits that are being filed against some businesses whose websites um, are not accessible. And even, you know, even the opening sentence bugs me. Like, listen to this. There's a new wave of disability access lawsuits rolling into Arizona and finding businesses to sue is now as simple as surfing the internet. Yeah, Across crazy. the country, plaintiffs and attorneys have been testing cases filed against businesses whose websites they claim discriminate against people with disabilities. These lawsuits are beginning to hit Valley business. So the the article's really slanted towards, you know, taking the the side of the businesses and and the fact that, you know, it's the same it's the same individual and it's the same, you know, small group of lawyers that are issuing all these lawsuits and their takeaway is that, oh, well, you know, it's just a it's just a get rich. They're trying to, you know, make a quick buck and, and they're just suing anybody that they can get their hands on. Um and I don't know, that's just bullshit. It is. And you know, my two questions are what do you mean by it's not accessible? And what technologies are you using to test accessibility? You know, there are tools out there to test a website for accessibility. And if you're just, you know, willy nilly trying to use a screen reader or a magnification product um, to navigate a site and you don't really know how to use your product properly, sure, you could say the website's inaccessible. Yeah, well, according But, you know, it may just be you don't know how to use your technology. Yeah, it's possible, but, I mean, I don't get that sense, um, especially with this paragraph. Listen to this. Uh, they say, The newer complaints allege business websites aren't compatible with software used by the blind and deaf, or that the websites don't offer the same goods and services to individuals with disabilities, which that part I don't get. Like, I don't understand what how that's happening, where they're not offering the same goods and services. Yeah, I would think whatever's available on the website is available on the website. Right. It's not, it doesn't filter because you're using a screen reader. But, you know, again, this, this, uh, the phrasing, how, you know, the websites aren't compatible. Like that right there, that strikes as, strikes me as, you know, it's the, the websites aren't, just aren't built accessible. It's very vague. It's very vague. Like, I, you know, I'd like to actually have a sample of a couple of these websites or at least one of them and throw three different screen readers I have at it. But, I mean, in you general, know? a screen reader is a screen reader. I mean, window, unless if JAWS would be able to read something that, say, Windowize or NVDA couldn't. There are times where that is that does happen. There are times where you'll use one screen reader to read a website and then you'll find that, you know, it's JAWS isn't reading as well as MVDA does on another website. It's same with browsers. Sometimes I find Firefox will open a website much nicer or more in a more accessible fashion somehow than Chrome or Internet Explorer. So the days of having one screen reader and one browser are over. You, you need multiple tools in your toolbox now. Hmm. Yeah, well, you know, that being said, I mean, it's still relatively easy to build a website that, for the most part, is accessible to, to most screen readers. I would think so. And you I, know, I, I mean, would think these, web, these, these businesses have web designers. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, all you got to do is a Google search and you'll find W3C, Web Consortium Guidelines, 
you know, Bobby approved. There's, there's all sorts of website testing tools out there to help you along if you're not sure how to do it. Well, so. and, you know, and like I was saying before the show, you know, it's 2017. I mean, website access accessibility was, you know, 2005. Some people just don't think about it, though. There was a couple of years ago where I was going on to a jewelry website, and it's a local company, and all I could read was the title bar. Didn't matter which browser I used, didn't matter which screen reader I used. All it said was the name of the company. I couldn't navigate the site at all. It's almost like it was a great big picture. Right. So, you know, it could be that the web designers just don't even think about accessibility. Or, you know, why would a blind person come to my site anyway? But, you know, that's besides the point. Build it it accessible so everyone can use it. And, you know, the other thing in this article that really surprised me was the fact that the American with Disabilities Act uh, apparently, according to this article, doesn't isn't really clear about website accessibility. The the rules and guidelines for website accessibility just really aren't in the act. And I don't know if that's just because I mean the act dates back to all the way to 1990s. So I it's mean, been revised a few times though. I think since I, then I'm sure it has. But I mean, I guess they haven't really covered web accessibility because part of the things that these people were also complaining about these businesses was the fact that it's pretty much being judged across the country on a case-by-case basis. So um, send all hate mail to Rob. <laughs> what? What do you mean? Why? Well, there's a lot of people in the U.S. that probably stand behind and love what the ADA has done for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if there is somebody who can inform us or enlighten us on the ADA and website accessibility, please do so. Because, you know, we up here in Canada don't know anything about it. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, you would think that website accessibility would be, you know, almost top of the list um, in terms of... Especially because the ADA has been around so long. Yeah, you yeah, know, and absolutely. And the internet's been around just as long. And, I mean, honestly, like, uh, it's the internet is just as an important of a utility for everybody um, as anything else. Yep. Like, websites need to be accessible. Yep. Um, go on to Amazon's website. The f- one of the first things that come up is, we notice you're using accessible technology. Would you like to switch to a screen reader friendly site? Yeah. Okie dokie. You know, away I go. And not to even mention that it's, you know, it's just good business practice. Yeah. Like, you know, why would you cut off, one, you know, a demographic that might want to buy your product by not having an accessible website? Um, it just well, doesn't even make any business sense. And again, you know, accessibility is for everyone. It's for people with reading difficulties. It's for people with low vision. It's for people who are blind. It's for people who, you know, may need captioning. You know, you build accessibility in from the ground up. Everyone can access your goods and services. Yep. So, yeah, like you say, it's it's good business. Yeah, and, you know, and it really, the thing that really stuck in my craw about the article was just they really they really downplayed the lawsuits and, and really made it sound like these people were just kind of gold digging and just trying to make a quick buck. And, and, you know, the fact of the matter is, and we've heard this over and over again from many guests, is that the only thing businesses and companies and corporations respond to is litigation. You know, you hit them in the pocketbook and that's when they stand up and, and start paying attention. Um, Usually we ha- we've also heard the cases where, you know, these companies are being sued and they just settle, and they just settle, and they just settle. It's cheaper for them to settle than it is to dig in and 
build accessibility. Yeah, but eventually, <laughs> but eventually that yes. you know, eventually yeah. they they do pay attention. Yeah. It's like, wow, you know what? I we're kind of sick of being sued. So let's just let's sure. just make an accessible website, and that's the way it should be because that's if that's the only way to really evoke change, uh, you know, so be it. And yep. you know, I'm sorry, you know, these businesses who you know feel that they're being picked on, but you know what? Build an accessible website. It's not difficult. It, it really isn't. Um, yeah, there's just no excuse for it. It's it's 2017, people. Like, get with it. Yep. Uh, anyways, we'll uh, we'll we'll include a link to this article in the show notes. Send us uh, your comments and, and your and feedback. People, yeah, I'd be interested to know what other people think and what other people's take on it is. But I don't know. I thought the I thought the article in general was pretty snarky, and <laughs> and I don't know. I kind of rolled my eyes at it. So. Joining us today is Mr. Guy Hassan, who runs a website called Comics and Power, which produces and sells independent uh, audio produced comic books for the visually impaired. Hi, Guy. How are you? <clears throat> Fine. I have a slight cold, so. Oh, okay. Uh, your listeners may hear a deeper voice than usual. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Thank you so much you for joining doing? us today. We've we've actually known about the site for, I don't know, for about a year now, and we've we've actually oh. you've actually been kind of on our list of people that we've wanted to talk to. So uh, we're kind of we're excited to talk to you today. Oh sure, well, I'm happy to talk to you guys. I'm glad that you took the time to 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 spend time on this. I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So and I'm I'm fascinated to hear about just how. Um, comics and power started like what made you approach comic books and decide that you know what you know what this we need comic books for visually impaired people well the truth is that there's absolutely no reason <laughs> i was minding my own business i had um i started this um uh in the comic book company uh digital comic book company called new olds comics and just you know about a year into it, I was just traveling, you know, surfing the internet, and for a completely unexplained, there's no reason I should I, the, for having this thought. I just had thought, why are there no comics for blind people uh, or visually impaired people? And so I checked, and I thought, you know, in my in my head, I said, you know, you could do it like this. You could describe the comic book like this, and it would give people the comic book experience. And, you know, in half an hour, I had both a plan about how to do it and how to build the website and how to test it out. So in one month, the site was up. With, uh, <laughs> in the beginning, it was just three comic books, just as a test. I, I had no blind friends uh, at the time. I didn't know anything about the blind or visually impaired world. And, and I didn't know if it would work. It was just a guessing game. So three comic books and tested it out it seemed to work people really liked it uh people were hooked by the displayed uh, comic book behavior you know you buy one and you want to buy the next one <laughs> right now um, so did it surprise you that there was nothing out there at the time yes and no because i can understand why there's nothing because everyone sees comic books as a visual medium right so how would you you know how would you like, why are there no uh, Rembrandts for blind people? Because how would you describe it? I'm not a visual person. I, I directed a movie once, and uh, I do comic <laughs> books, and uh, I write books. 
But whenever I describe something to you, I don't, you know, I imagine stick figures. I'm not a visual person. So mm. everything to me is just a story. So when I see a comic book, even though, you know, sometimes the art is amazing, uh, what I see is the story. So what I tell you when I show, you know, page one, panel one, I tell you the story. I don't describe everything, which is one of the main ways to do the way we do comic books, uh, audio comic books. Uh, I just tell you the thing that's pertinent to the story. And then even though, you know, I go panel one, uh, page one, panel one, and then, you know, Spider-Man jumps on the wall and then Spider-Man says so and so. Uh, when you get used to the rhythm of that, it keeps you riveted because I only stick to the story. And sometimes you have to take your own bias out of it because, you know, sometimes the color of something is amazing. And even though some blind or visually impaired people have experienced color, um, many of them don't. So sometimes it hurts you to leave out uh, the colors. But or the you know specific style in which something is drawn, but then once you do it and you look back at it, it isn't really missing. And one of the tests, by the way, was on a comic book called Winter with a, a Y, which is visually stunning. Right. You can you know just search for Winter comic book on uh, uh, on Google, and you'll see it's visually stunning. And I had to do that to make sure that it works, and it turned out that. You know, when you look at it, you say you can't possibly do this without talking about the graphics. Uh, the story worked in audio. It worked just as well. So that was my main test. Yeah. And from that point on, we started growing. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, really comic books, it's just a different medium in order to tell a story. And I mean, I'm sure when comic book artists, when they sit down... They're, they're sort of working from the reverse because they're sitting down and they have to they have to create a, a, a panel. They have to create a static image that actually suggests things like motion or action. And and so they're kind of taking it from from the opposite end. And then what you're doing is sort of taking it and then you're decoding it back into the actual story or the actual movement and describing the movement, what that panel is that that one single image is suggesting so it's kind of a fascinating um procedure uh yeah it it, it was in the beginning and in the beginning you know we it was guesswork but slowly you get into it and you get used to it and uh and things proceed but a good example you know a, a good way to see it is uh, if you take basically almost any spielberg uh, movie out there and you just freeze the frame you see the story visually. This guy against that guy. This guy is inching closer to that guy, or whatever the story is at the moment. Right. But um, so there are many storytellers who, who who can just basically what they say is they give you a story. You could translate that from the visual uh, side to the uh, to two words. Yes. On the other hand, I'm sure that you know there are things that are lyrical and not actually a story, and I would find that those hard to translate. Now, so were you? Were you always? Have you always been a comic book fan? Uh, yeah, I actually I grew up in Israel in the 70s, and we didn't really have comic books. We had like we heard of Spider-Man and, and Superman, but we didn't really have them. Uh, and there were like black and white comic books about Tarzan 
And another thing, another one was basically Townsend Ripoff. I don't remember his name, uh, its name, but um, but that's those are the comic books I had at the time. And then we moved to the states uh, when I was eleven, and the fir- I bought two things that first day: TV Guide because we had one <laughs> channel in Israel, and a Spider-Man comic book. Good choices. And yeah, and by you know I read. I read that Spider-Man, you know, thousand times. At the time, my English wasn't good enough to understand everything. And I knew the TV Guide by heart in a couple of days. So my mother says. <laughs> um, yeah, I really loved comic books. And I think maybe it wasn't a coincidence that I bought Spider-Man because Spider-Man was, is one of my favorites. Yeah, mine too. Now, tell us about the, the comics that you sell and that you feature on the site, um, are they are they all original creations, and were they created specifically for the format? I'd like to tell you uh, that, but I also like to say where we're going because because um, Comics in Power so far has been like it's a small operation, and its ability to churn out comic books is really limited. So we slowly uh, we grew slowly. Uh, we started doing New World's comics, for which uh, which basically were comic books I had created. Um, but we took on, so I didn't feel too bad about that because they got really great reviews. I also took on some of what I considered to be the best indie comic books at the time, mm-hmm. uh, at the time now also. Um, and there was one comic book that I created specifically for the website because we know it's called comics in power because that's what comic books do comic books in power i think it has something to do with the fact that you know the heroes and they get over uh whatever troubles they have and find a way to win or to to you know to save the day right and when in when i was uh, running new old comics we had i had a feature um called, by the way, Comics Empowered, because I wanted to get people's personal story about how comic books empowered them. And they were fascinating stories. We had like a, a woman who was an actual live Indiana Jones. She did exactly everything he did except fight Nazis. <laughs> and and you could see a pattern. Like when I interviewed um, black fans of uh, comic books, you could always see that Blacks were empowered by black heroes, and women were empowered by female heroes, right. and Asians were empowered by Asian heroes, and so on. It was so it, it it was such a clear pattern, and I felt that it's a crime that there isn't a comic book with you know a comic book for I'm setting up a comic book store for the blind right. without a blind superhero. So I created a blind superhero as one of the the first comic books that appeared. And it's called uh, Aurora, and it exists only in audio. We did create some uh, visuals for the um, for the covers in the beginning, until we turned the website dark. And other than that, to answer your question, we had lots of uh, really fun um, uh, comic books from uh, from everywhere, even comic books from Australia. Um, we had uh, a company called AudioComics.com, which did comic books as movies. Basically, you know, like big productions with many actors and music right. and stuff like that. 
um, that's that's that was their way to do it, and I was very very happy to to have their stuff uh, at the website. Um, my way of doing things is to give you a comic book experience, to go page by page, panel by panel. Right. And now we're working on the next stage. So it's, like I said, it's a small operation. So I slowed down the comic books uh, now for a few months because we're working on the next step, which is creating an app, which will, you know, if all goes well, this is the plan. But I, I, I need to talk to my, I need to, we're talking with Marvel and DC to to get this done. Really? Uh, and see if, if they're, you know, to see if they're going to uh, play along with us. But the point is, it's an app. You go into a comic book store, you point your phone at the comic books, and it will recognize the comic books. It will say, uh, Batman 273. Uh, and then it will tell you what the cover is. And you can flip through it, like the first few pages, like a, like a preview. Right. And it'll show you, you know, page one, panel one. You know, you can aim the phone at the thing. You can actually flip through a, an actual comic book and it'll read it to you. Nice. Now, it's not that smart. It doesn't actually know what's happening. And then we feed it in advance. But uh, it's kind of an uh, AR kind of thing, augmented reality. And we want to, in the first stage, like do a couple of classic things from... Uh, from Marvel and DC and IDW and so on, uh, and see if it works. We'll just do everything if they let us. And you can, you know, you can go to a friend, and you can flip through his, you know, the comic books, even if you're blind. Right. Because what the what what the some of them the comic book fans do now is they have to wait till the friends read them the comic book. So first of all, they're not always in the mood to read it. And second of all, not everyone does it well. Um, so so you will have, as a visually impaired or blind person, you will have the ability to just, you know, have the same comic book experience that everyone else has. You can go to a store, choose your comic book, buy your comic book, read it at home, flip through it, do everything. And you can also not flip through it because, you know, the audio will play anyway, like a podcast. Well, and that's interesting too because I, and I'm not sure about DC, but I certainly know that Marvel does something very similar to that in the sense of they they have like an augmented reality app that you can use with their comics that will you know say give you additional information on a storyline or something like that. You can you know you scan in a, a barcode on on the actual comic into your phone into the Marvel app yeah. and it will you know, bring up um, additional facts. So it wouldn't be that far of a stretch for them to extend that concept out into your app. You don't want to walk into a comic book store and, you know, switch from a Marvel app to a DC app to an IDW app to this app to that app. Right. Just walking through the shelves. You want one app just like Comixology. Right. You can go through and you can go into the comic book store. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Now, now, what can you tell us about the process of actually producing one of the one of the audio issues? Uh, Like, how involved is the process, and how long does it take in general? We've got a very small crew, so I I'm the guy so far since it's a small crew, just turning the visuals into texts. So I write the script, and then we have uh, an amazing uh, voice artist doing uh, recording. Um, 
recording the uh, the script, the comic book, and then I send it to um, to uh, Monica. She's called not Monica, Monica, who is I think in Norway. She's a blind sound editor who just okay. found the website and got involved and wanted to get me involved and. She's amazing. So she does the uh, the sound edit. She sends it sends it back to me. I just check that everything is good, and then I publish the comic book. A comic book like Aurora. How long did that take to to prepare and release onto the site? Well, I have to write it, uh, which usually takes like depends on the thing, but it takes like a uh, a week or two. And but we do it uh, once a month. Um, and then uh, you know the entire process takes. Uh, uh, takes time. I send to uh, to be recorded, and then the sound editor. Right. But overall, it it comes out once a month. And how many issues of Aurora, for example, are there now? I think there are six now, uh, six or seven. Just well, we just finished a, a trilogy where he was he was. I, you know what? Almost everything is uh, is a spoiler. So here's the thing: <laughs> yes, he yeah, goes no off to he goes off to somewhere where he is. He can't be in communication with uh, his team, and he doesn't know where he is at all. He's like transported somewhere else. So in those three, in, especially in the first one, everything you see from his point of view is dark. So you don't see anything like in half the comic book. Because you see it from his point of view, right? And you're as blind as he is, because no one's telling him what's around him, and everything there is strange. So, it's it's an alien uh, place. So, uh, it's a trilogy where he's completely alone and uh, has to basically again save a lot of people, and uh, of course he does it because that's the way it works. <laughs> that's why comics in power. Now the other thing that but, I but now everything is slightly on hold so because I want to get the app together because I, I want to because just making the app is going to make the service that we do so much bigger right you know so everyone always asks where's Batman where's Spider-Man and I always wanted to wait like, to, for the right moment like to to tell to Marvel and DC that you know I've got ten thousand twenty thousand followers so it's worth money to to do it but. I think the app idea is uh, is a way to do it now. Now, uh, how has the response been to the to the site and to the comic books in general? Do you get a lot of, of positive feedback from the community? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. People who always wanted to read comic books, people who who, who read comic books when they were young and then lost their sight can read comic books again. Um, oh, you know, we had, like, one of those people, by the way, is... Uh, uh, just won a competition we, we had. We had uh, like a few months after we uh, after I started Comics in Power, I said, you know, well, now that blind, visually impaired people can read comic books, there's no reason they can't write comic books. Very true. So we had a competition, you know, for blind or visually impaired comic book writer, and we had two winners. And... And we published their comic books. And, um, you know, so, by the way, if you want to listen to a comic book, to two comic books written by some people who can see, this is your chance. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. Also, at the, um, 
if you're asking about people's response, um, uh, we had a, a thing in the, the podcast, the Blind Panels podcast, which is right. Again, everything is in a slight hold right now, but uh, we had a thing like we put I put uh, a person who sees and a person who doesn't see, who read the same comic book, to to a conversation together to talk about that comic book, oh, and they felt for you know I told them you can say bad things about the comic books I don't care because it's more than I care about a specific comic book I care that people actually have this conversation, so. Those are pretty amazing responses uh, that you had, you know, including some, you know, this thing could be fixed. And this, in the beginning, I thought this was uh, happening and should have been like that. But also, you know, at the end of the day, it becomes a conversation about comic books and by people who love comic books. And that was just so much fun. Yeah. And I mean, comics really have become such a, a key element to our culture, uh, you know, a, you know, you can't throw a rock without hitting a theater that's showing a comic book movie uh, these yeah. days. And so, you know, it's really important for, for visually impaired people to, to have some inclusion in this and to be able to participate in the conversation somehow. So, I yeah. mean, I, I get the sense that your your real hope is just to be able to one day, just every single comic book that comes out is going to be just as accessible to somebody who's visually impaired as to somebody who's sighted. That's right. That's that's the ultimate goal. To not not only to have you know each month like hundreds of comic books come out, but also to have like most of the back issues of everything available. That's like that's the big plan. And you know, he's hoping step by step. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now you mentioned a podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit about about that. Uh, I uh, um a podcast which is known slight old because we're doing this but it's called the blind panels podcast it featured uh, interviews with really interesting people blind and sighted uh, about it featured interviews with um, um, people who are outcasts sometimes you know in the nerd community I started doing the conversations with blind and uh, visually impaired or sighted people talking about comic books right uh, and that's that's where we are in the the Blind Pounds podcast. It's actually got some fascinating stuff in it, and also some some really important people in the uh, in the blind community, aside from other sighted people. How many titles do you have on your comic books right now? I think we have about fifty comic books. Fifty, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. And are there cited versions Which of the about, are there cited versions the, of the audio ones as the, well? Yeah, the cited versions of ev everything except or. Now your website's actually fairly interesting too because you've really you've built the website specifically for screen readers and for people who are visually impaired. So um, visually, uh, when you go to the site, it's really just it's just a black background and and there's there's no virtually no text uh, to be seen. Uh, what made you what made you make that decision? In the beginning, the website was, you know, like a regular website, and it had pictures and texts and everything. And, and again, for no reason, I had this idea why we should give. But this is after I, I've talked to a lot of the, the readers and the listeners, and I've learned the experience, and now I'm 
more I know a lot more than I did about uh, how they read websites and how the world is. And I thought we should do we should give readers an actual experience of what it's like to be blind and go into a comic book store. But if you're blind and using assistive technology, the website is clearly visible to you because there's text in the website. You just can't see it. Right. It's black text on, on black background. And so the store is open to you. But I thought we should give people some food for thought and give a kind of... Uh, um, a learning experience, what yeah. it's like to be blind and walk into a comic book store that you can't see. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. It makes you really think about the experience. There's, it's gotten a lot of feedback, a lot more. You know, we we got noticed a lot more after I did it than before. Well, speaking of that, uh, why don't you tell people where people can find Comics Empower on the web? It's comicsempower.com. But do check it out. And if you have blind or visually impaired friends who are interested in comic books, send them there. They don't have to actually leap into, you know, leap into reading comic books. There's a tons of free previews, but there's also a free, um, like, 15-minute uh, audio file, MP3, that you can download. You can download it for free, and it introduces you to how to how comic books work and what a panel is and what a page is and explains everything to you. And it shows you the comic book experience from a sighted point of view, and then how every little aspect of it is translated to uh, to your audio version in uh, Comics in Power. So that seems uh, so you can try that. People really like it. And again, that came from just talking to people who said, you know, I don't know what a panel is, and I don't understand that thing with the bubbles. Because some people know what comic books are, and some people have never seen a comic book. So, um, so that's important. And do, are you on Twitter, Facebook at all? Twitter at Comics Empower, uh, Facebook no, um, and uh, ComicsEmpower.com. And basically, hopefully, look for news and the Blind Palace podcast. Look for news about uh, the app. Hopefully, coming to. And apps don't hear you. Uh, you know what? I wish you the best of luck in that. I really would love to see in you know a few years. Uh, I'd love to see blind people being able to enjoy comic books. It'd be it'd be awesome. Um, you know, and maybe write comic books as well. Yeah, absolutely, sure, for sure. Be. You know, I started out. It started out as just as a thought, just to close off where we started. This crazy thought, and then I thought I should do it because it's a crime not to do it. But I, it turns out, I think, one of to be, like, other than family stuff, the most important thing I've ever done. So <laughs> it's important. Guys, thanks so much for joining us today. And, you know, keep up the good work. Thank, thank you, guys. Well, that, wow. was, that, was, that was interesting. Well, it's nice that there's actually somebody out there who's focusing on comic books for the blind. You know, we've had previous guests on um, that Mohammed Syed who had Captain Afghanistan. Right. He was doing comic books as well. So, you know, hopefully Comics in Power can actually get this partnership with Marvel and DC and these other guys and come up with this app to make more comics more accessible. Yeah, and you know, they should really be open to the idea because more and more, both DC and Marvel have been trying to make the, the actual comics more interactive anyways. Like I said, they, they already have AR apps um, as part of 
you know, almost every issue. Um, so, you know, this is just kind of the next evolutionary step. But actually, you know, sitting down and describing a comic book, I don't, that, that process wouldn't actually be all that hard. Um, well, there, you'd have to have the same it's talent that people are using for, like, let's say, the Marvels, Luke Cage, or Daredevil on Netflix. You know, yeah, you'd I mean, have to have a trained describer. Yeah, absolutely, sure. Yeah. I mean, it would, it, would be the, it would be a similar process to, to video description. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't, certainly wouldn't be any harder, and I would think it'd be actually a little bit easier um, because you, wouldn't, you don't have to worry about things like uh, dialogue and you know making sure that the right. on-screen narration doesn't step over dialogue and right. or interfere with music cues or any of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think that his best bet is to get to get some licensing, the licensing sorted out, so that he could actually just go ahead and start doing audio descriptions of some of the, you know, some of the Marvel and DC titles and the popular titles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that would kind of be ideal. Because they should look at that. I mean, Marvel, that could be a big revenue stream for Marvel and DC if they started producing audio versions of, well, of all the new comics, uh, you know, and, and selling them for the same price as the regular comic books. I mean, that's a whole new demographic for them. How many well, how many really millions is. of blind people are there that would jump at the chance to be able to read the new Spider-Man comic book? Yeah, and, you know, most of the prices on the Comics and Power site are like $3, you know, per book, per comic book. Um, I think their movies are more expensive, of course. But, you know, Marvel didn't include descriptive audio on Daredevil when it first came out on Netflix. There was a huge outcry, and then they decided to go ahead and include it, and now everything has been audio described. So I think they're really open to that option now. Yeah, absolutely. It's a a great time to approach them. Why wouldn't they? Because really, I mean, I don't think it would be that big of of a cost to them. Well, it wouldn't because the scripts are already written right. for a lot of the stuff. So all you would have to do is have a describer go into a studio and narrate the comic book. Yep. And I mean, you can you get know. fancy about it and you can oh, have sure. you know, voice actors come in and you can even do some Oh yeah, you can like, and, make media theater type thing, sure. And music cues and stuff. I mean, you could, you mean, you could sort of go whole hog for yep. sure. And they probably would because, you know, they're very... Um, they're very protective. You know, they want to they want to release a quality product. Yep. Um, but you know, l- like myself being totally blind, I wasn't huge into comic books when I had sight. You know, I read them from time to time, but I wasn't a big big fan. I didn't have to have the most recent episode of whatever Batman. Um, but since descriptive video came on to Netflix and you know, we're getting the Luke Cage and the Daredevils and, and all that sort of stuff in the movies on Blu-ray have descriptive audio tracks. I've really taken a turn. Sure. You know, and now I'm a fan. Well, like I said, you know, it's, they're everywhere. Like yeah. comic books are so prevalent now. Um, and it, it's got to suck to just sort of be, you know, excluded from all those conversations because you can't actually read any of the comic books. Um, I'm surprised it's actually taken this long. You know, we've had too. companies like Audible sure. around for years. Yeah, audiobooks you are know, a huge thing. Audiobooks I mean, are huge. You know, Why it, has it taken so long for comics? And he's absolutely right in, in the sense that, you know, comic books are just really, it's just a different way to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just telling a story through a visual medium. 
um, as opposed to, you know, a book. So, uh, you know, it's just as easy to, to transcribe a comic book into an audio format as it is a book, really. I would think so. If not, like you said, easier. Unless you want to go whole hog and do a whole like media theater production yeah. with, you know, sound effects and different voice actors and. So I don't know. I think I think you know the community should start making some noise. Yep. Uh, and and you know show them that there's a demand for this and uh, they'll do it. We've seen that in the past, time and time again, where as soon as start, people start making noise that they they want something, uh, you know these these companies will will listen. And you know we're pretty critical of stuff like descriptive video, descriptive audio. Um, you know, there are good describers and there are bad describers. So, you know, we're not afraid to let the content owners know when there's something wrong. So let's turn that around and congratulate them on doing a great job on the products they have currently. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it'll only bring us more availability. Yep. Looking. We are in agreement. So what's coming up on Friday? Well, The Defenders. <laughs> what's The Defenders? The Defenders is a new series from Netflix that joins all the Netflix Marvel heroes together into one team who fight Sigourney Weaver. From Alien. Well, no, she's... Yeah, well... And aliens 3. No, she's not... They're not actually fighting... She's not playing Ripley, but... <laughs> no, no, but... <laughs> like, I know that. <laughs> uh, although that would be an awesome crossover. Aliens, just bring the aliens into Daredevil. <laughs> and not. it should be described. So everybody jump on the Netflix bandwagon and check out The Defenders. This Friday. But listen to this podcast first because we release Friday too. <laughs> so no defenders until you listen to this podcast that's right so we need the numbers damn it uh hey ryan rob where can people find us today they can find us online at www.atbanter.com i would argue that they could find us there tomorrow as well Let's unless you so. know something that i don't <laughs> not the note it's all good okay good good it is on your card Oh, so, what? <laughs> so maybe no, you're trying to tell me something? No, I think we're good till March. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, they can also drop us a line via email if they so desire, atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. They can find us on Twitter at at underscore banter. Or on Facebook, atbanter. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening to yet another episode of AT Banter. I have been Rob Minot. And I'm still Ryan Flurry. And we will see you all next week. And hey, we might even have that Steve guy here, but no promises. Who? Steve who? The name that shall not be spoken. <sighs> Just spoken, damn it. <laughs> see you, everybody. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778 778- 847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. 
music provided by bensound.com.